Welcome to the STR Chronicles with your host, Morgan J. Ingram. This is the source for motivation, tips, and skills for all aspects of your sales, sales development, and entrepreneurial journey. I'm OG, y'all new to the game. What's going on, everybody? This is Morgan J. Ingram here, host of the SCR Chronicles, bringing you motivational tips and tactics for your sales development journey, sales journey, also your entrepreneurial journey, as I believe that sales development is the mantra and focal point of your life, and also it's the centerpiece of what you do on a daily basis. And today I have Derek Edwards from Cloud Factory, Senior Director of Sales, and what we're going to dive into today is the alignment of rep coaching with pipeline management and forecasting. So this is super critical because SRs, you got to learn how to forecast and AEs, obviously you got to know how to forecast and understand your pipeline. So Derek, tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you're excited about this topic today. Sure, Morgan. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I can talk about this stuff all day, so you let me know if I'm going too long. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so th- I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, where people and process come together because I think that's what makes things repeatable and scalable and, to your point uh, earlier to me, predictable. Uh, we're all looking for a predictable success, right? And so I've developed over time some um, habits that work well for me, and I think there's a marriage definitely between uh, time management as a, as a sales leader, you have n- no time, basically. Yeah. Um, some, something is always not getting done. And you have to decide what are the things that are definitely going to get done. And one of those things, is, in my opinion, is always uh, coaching conversations that enable good forecasting and predictability and pipeline management. Um, so I think it's, it's about time management. It's about how you structure that. It's about having a good sales process that's well-defined and that you have criteria that are clear to people. Um, and then it's about just doing the work each week, right. each month, and um, having the conversations. And I'm, I'm happy to share more about how, how we do that. Absolutely. So let's, let's dive into one point, which is time management. I feel like that's a – everyone sees that as an elementary topic, but a lot of people still don't do it effectively. So how does time management play into the pipeline management forecasting? And then how can you improve upon that to make sure that you're doing the accurate things you need to be doing? Sure. So with my team, I try to create enough structure, not to micromanage anything, but to at least allow it to be predictable for them as to when they know they're going to talk with me about certain things so that they can plan their time accordingly. Because otherwise, everything becomes an urgent question, right? But the reality is most questions aren't urgent. And if you know that you're going to see me at 11 a.m. on this Wednesday and I'm consistent about being there, um, and we can break down this account you have and talk about the strategy on how to approach it, then you know to save that question for that time. So mm-hmm. that's the first step to it is to schedule the recurring pipeline reviews with your team in the intervals that are going to work for you. Um, when I first joined the team here at Cloud Factory, I wanted to make sure I was meeting with every member on my team at least 45 minutes once a week. Um, and I use that time a couple different ways. At least every other week, I'm going through the pipeline accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and to help do that, I provide them with a, t- a very simple tool called a weekly sales plan sheet. And that weekly sales plan sheet is nothing more than a Google spreadsheet that has some different buckets that they can put accounts into to tell me how qualified they think they are. And some key performance indicators like activity metrics and things like that so I know overall how well they're doing. And, and they put that information in there. They bring that to the meeting. And then we can have a very um, productive conversation about the accounts they've just recently worked on and the ones that are on their radar for the next 30 days. You know, the, yeah, so there's a couple of things I want to unpack there because I think that you mentioned something that's critical. So how are you 
you said so the weekly plan sheet to make sure that the reps aren't coming into obviously to you where it's story time or they're like, well, these are all the deals I feel like are going to close. Is that kind of why you created that? Yeah, basically the weekly sales plan is, is an idea I got from a, a colleague along the way who, um, you know, I think some, most of the best ideas are stolen, right? Not, uh, <laughs> we don't come up with them. So, uh, I got to give credit there, but, um, Basically, it allows the reps to put into different buckets. These are the accounts that I think something's going to happen in the next seven days. These mm. are the ones that I think something's going to happen in the next 30 days. And these are the ones that are more like 60 days out. Anything that's more of a nurture or a longer term engagement that's not going to be in one of those timing buckets, that's for Salesforce, not for the sales plan. The sales right. plan should, should show where your deals are coming from. In the case of SDRs, it shows where their next meetings are coming from. And, um, and then it shows the ones that just happened. So we can talk about those as well. Um, so it, what that does is it enables the rep to exercise judgment coming into the meeting as to where mm -hmm. they think they are with those, uh, from a timing perspective. And then what that allows me to do, if I've done a good job defining our sales process and the criteria for, for booking meetings, right. um, I can ask very consistent questions about what they know against an ideal customer profile and then what engagement they've already had with those prospects and, and you know, what's the authority level of the person you're targeting and interacting with? What have they already told you? What do you sense about their need? What do you sense as any potential blockers based on the history of the account? I can ask very consistent questions. And um, what that does over time is that if you're consistent with it, which is such a key ingredient, uh, right. managers who are busy, you've got to make this stuff a priority because what happens over time is the reps start to understand. They know what questions you're going to ask, and then they start thinking about those things on their own um, so that by the time you're talking about it, they've already anticipated why I'm going to ask about the level of qualification from, you know, in terms of need recognition or right. the, work, the work that we're going to be doing with them. Yeah, no, those are great. Those are great points there. And additionally, on top of that is SDRs. How are you making sure that they're doing their plan sheets accordingly or their sales sheets accordingly? And then what are the things that you're making sure that they're mapping to and teaching them to do themselves? Because obviously yeah. you can teach them how to do You can tell them, Hey, this is what you need to do, but obviously they got to do it themselves. Sure. So I, I think you have to create a structure within which good people that you hire can exercise good judgment, be creative, be resourceful, but they can't just start from a blank slate on all this, right. which means we as leaders have to do the work of making sure we define what is our ideal client profile? What are the key criteria that they need to be paying attention to that I can then in turn ask them about, right? right. If I haven't defined that, then why would they be consistent in that regard? Uh, in addition to that, what are the opportunity qualification criteria that we deem as important to determining what a real sales opportunity is? If I haven't defined that, they're not going to be consistent at it. Um, right. So that's incumbent on me. In addition to that, I've also created a dashboard in Salesforce for them that aligns to the, the simple KPIs that I'm looking for them to update me on in terms of their weekly sales plan. And so they, and, and I've told them, I, I don't want this to be a lot of administrative work for you because yeah. what salesperson wants that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> All of admin work in the world, right? <laughs> right. So basically they, since they know that what the spreadsheet needs on it and they, they know what they click their dashboard, they put in their numbers from that dashboard. It takes mm -hmm. them, I ask them, how much time did this take you? And I routinely get answers like eight minutes, 10 minutes, things like that. And I think that's very reasonable uh, amount of prep time for this kind of conversation. And then um, we go through those KPIs. And as a team, we know um, 
the amount of activity that we're looking for in order to be productive. I always tell my team that there's a, there's a formula to their success, especially as SDRs. And the formula is very simple and it goes like this. Your productivity times your effectiveness equals your results. Absolutely. And, and it's those that you don't have to have the same productivity and effectiveness as the person next to you, but you also can't have a goose egg in productivity or your effectiveness or yeah. else the net result is zero. Um, and so I just talk with them about that. Let's look at your productivity. Are you hitting the right amount of stuff? And then let's talk about what you're doing with them and how effective you think you're being. And that's when I start to ask them questions about what they could be asking, what they did ask. And to your point uh, before, Morgan, um, if they're if they're getting away from that one or two questions that they can now take and ask that next prospect, then over time, hopefully that's building that skill set. Uh, and that's what you see with good people is that they are able to come back to you and say next time, okay, I already found this out that you asked me about last time. And, and I think that's super important what you just mentioned there, because again, they, they're coming back to you and they're, you're not have to tell them over and over again, like, Hey, look, I've told you like, 10 times, like you need to do this sheet in order for us to be effective. So the question here goes into what if you see that gap? What if you see someone who isn't managing pipeline, they're not forecasting correctly, but they still over exceeding the hidden quota. Do you still have that conversation where, like you need a process in place? So this is the question about the, the rep who's hitting their goals, yep. but is not necessarily doing, doing the, uh, the structured forecasting and, and work that you might want. Yep. He's like, Derek, I don't need that. I'm good. Yeah. Um, you know, admittedly, I will give a little bit more leeway to reps that are delivering and able to do that consistently. Mm -hmm. I think it does require some, some assessment of a few factors. One is, is this the kind of rep that really just wants to, to come in, do their work and be left alone and they're going to deliver consistently in their own way. And they're not telling you things like, you know, I want to grow my career aggressively. I want to be a leader someday, or I want to be promoted to a new sales level someday. Mm. Because if they're pretty much content and they're delivering, uh, I'm comfortable giving leeway to the extent that I think they can actually do it consistently. And I'm not worried about that, you know, setting the wrong example within the team. So there are limits. Um, but I'm willing to be flexible there. If it's somebody that does want to grow, that, that does have career objectives, that, that they really want to work towards, then I will turn that into a coaching conversation and use, use questions to try and get them to see that investing this time, getting better at something that you may not think is that important for you right now is actually an investment in what you will be needing to do in the future. And, and obviously there has to be some, some degree of trust in me as a mm -hmm. coach. Yeah, that absolutely. And I, the reason I asked that question there is because I know there are some reps who are naturally just like, Hey, I don't need all this and they still can be successful. But the point there that I want everyone to really think about, think upon is, Hey, you have to have systems in place and structure in place because you never know what new role you're going to go into. And that's always going to be the backbone of what you'd fall on because right now you may be able to do your thing, but what if in the future you can't, right. And you don't have any type of structure on how you're getting those results. That's right. So uh, one other thing that I've done there in situations like that is I try to prioritize what's the most important thing that I want them to get right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Necessarily, you know, if there's a list of 10 things I need, there's probably three things on that list that I care about more. And so I'll just, I, I'll reason with them and ask them, you know, is this reasonable um, for you to meet these expectations for these things? And then, you know, gradually as the relationship develops and strengthens, I may ask them for a couple more and, and then see where we get from that, from that standpoint. But 
you know, people, um, I, I found over time that the most important asset you can have with your teams is their trust and respect, right? And mm -hmm. you need to work with different people on their own pace, on their own schedule. The real challenge you run into, which I was alluding to, is when their expectations exceed what they're willing to do. And then you have, have to have a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, that that conversation definitely is going to be completely different. And but you have to have those conversations if it happens like that. Yeah. So from that, we talked about the SDRs building their pipeline and with AEs, what they need to do there. What are some other things that come with coaching your reps the right way in pipeline management and also forecasting? What's like the number one thing that you've seen that when you tell your reps they they cling on to it and they're more receptive to your coaching and more receptive to your feedback? Sure. Uh, well, a couple things there. One other thing that you know struck me as you were mentioning time management is that I've been part of sales teams before, and I've even done this myself in the past, where we'll do group pipeline reviews. Okay. And everybody will get in a room and we'll basically talk through everybody's top opportunities for like an hour or even more. The thing that I've always noticed about those types of meetings is the person who's going through their, their pipeline has their pride on the line around their peers, right? So yeah. they don't really want to be that vulnerable. And so they're not really being 100% candid about their opportunities because they want to feel like they're doing a good job in front of their peers. Meanwhile, everybody else in the room is like, well, this doesn't apply to me. So I'm only going to listen with one ear. Yeah. Um, and I have found those types of structured pipeline reviews to not be useful. Now, that's different from if you want to get everybody together and you want to do like a, a deep dive win-loss breakdown or case study dissection mm -hmm. that everybody's engaged in and everybody knows why they're trying to learn from it. That's different. Yeah. But I do my pipeline reviews one-on-one -on -one like I'm describing so that I can go in depth and they can be vulnerable with me to the extent they're comfortable. Right. And that way in our team meetings, that's where we do our forecasting. And um, that way when we're doing our forecasting, all I'm asking for is numbers at that point. We're not going to turn it into a big conversation. And my team really has responded well to that kind of structure mm -hmm. because I know why they're telling me the number that they are because I've already done the work with them one-on-one. -on -one. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I think that's a really key habit to build to get the kind of information quality you're looking for as a leader. Then within that, to answer your other question is, you've got to give them the, the clarity around how to communicate their forecast numbers, not just verbally, but if you use Salesforce, uh, we use the forecasting module within Salesforce. Absolutely. You can use you know, pipeline forecast categories and obviously your sales stages and probabilities, however you, you do it in your own, own organization, um, to, to, to make sure that they're managing that accurately there. Because obviously the whole business needs to look at that forecast within Salesforce in addition to what they're verbally reporting to you. So I think uh, to answer your other question, the most important thing there is to give them the flexibility in their forecasting to know the difference between the optimistic number versus the number they're going to deliver, right? And or, uh, teams call that different things. A lot of we'll refer to it as your commit versus your best case. I think yeah. that's pretty common. I think that is important to, to, to provide them with that leeway so that you, you know more reliably what kind of numbers you're getting. And then invariably, uh, one other note here that I actually think for me might be the most important thing is these weekly sales plans that they're creating, they're creating a new tab every time we meet which means that over time in that spreadsheet, that Google Doc, there is a history that starts to form there of our previous sales reviews, right? These sales plan reviews. And then what I'm able to do over time is look back and say, 
okay, so look at this account that you had in your 30 day bucket 90 days ago. <laughs> um, <and laughs> What's it, it, yeah, it spent 90 days in the 30 day bucket. So like, let's talk about that and let's talk about everything you've learned since then and start to reflect on what would you do differently now and how can we apply that to what you have in this 30 day bucket today? And while that takes time to play out, I believe that is really impactful for people because Salesforce doesn't exactly capture those snapshots in the same way unless you've really built out pipeline snapshotting and most organizations won't have that. Um, so that the spreadsheet is a low tech way for them to see over time how they're doing and to get more expert on those predictions. Yeah, that's, and within that point, to make sure that they have those right predictions, they're moving in the right direction, I think that's good clarification because some people may be like, okay, I know I have a lot of stuff here, but I don't know why. And I think another great thing that you're doing is you're telling people just to say the numbers instead of telling a story. Because, again, everyone's always going to over-elaborate their story. They're not going right. to be like, this isn't going to close. Because everyone's going to look at them and be like, all right, well, <laughs> what are you doing? So I think that's yeah. good to say numbers. When you've got your whole team together, you should see dollar signs all around the room, right? Because it's expensive to get everybody in a room. And so I want to keep that structured, allow them to give me the data that we need. And then I, I try to, in my meetings, I try to backload all the items for discussion to the back of the agenda and we'll spend time on it. But like, you know, let's have it structured so that we're making good use of everybody's time. And everybody seems to, you know, appreciate that. And is that only AEs? Is that, are you bringing SDRs in that too? Or like, what's that, what's that look like? So I have teams of SDR and AEs that report to me uh, in my organization. And the way I break that up is I end the week with a Friday afternoon all team meeting. And that's where we go think, go, that's where we have an agenda that's specific to things that concern all the teams. Um, and then separately from that, I have a weekly SDR team meeting where we're really focused on the things that are unique to the SDR team that, that really aren't pertinent to the AEs. Right, of course. And, with, and so within that, you have, let's say people watching right now, they're like, Derek, I look what you're saying. Maybe their leader doesn't guide them in the way that, you, that, they're, that you're leading them. What can an SDR start doing? What can an AE start doing to start looking at their forecasting and their pipeline management to self-coach themselves to make sure that they're hitting the targets that they need to hit? Sure. So if you don't have, for example, an ideal customer profile handed to you by your company that's been tested and, and validated to some degree, you can start one. It's not difficult. I can give you the, the, the template for any good one, which is you make a list of all the things that you know are important to be a company that's a good fit for you. And it's easy to base that on your current clients, right? So talk to your client success team and ask them about who are their top clients and why. And you'll start to basically bucketize these into a criteria list. Our criteria list on our ideal customer profile, I think, has nine things on it. Yeah. Um, so it's more than you can hold in your head at once. <laughs> and then uh, within that criteria list, you, you rank it. What are the most important things? Once you have it ranked, then you basically decide um, what's a disqualifier on this criterion, what's a, what's a decent uh, uh, answer, and what's a really good sweet spot answer. And so what you've then built out is essentially a quality grid. Um, and for us, as an example, like company size, would be an example in terms of their, um, or, or company funding growth, right? So if they are pre-seed funding, for us, that's a, a disqualifier. They're just, they're not gonna be reliable enough to, to pay us. <laughs> um, if they have raised uh, their seed round, that's gonna yeah. be a middle ground for us. And if they're post series A, that's gonna be attractive to us. So all you do is you just develop that criteria. So any rep sitting out there listening to this, 
if you just um, write that list, score it out, you now have an ICP you can work from. And then the other thing, other thing you can do is figure out what's your opportunity qualification criteria, and then hold yourself accountable to actually uh, taking note of based on your pipeline opportunities, whether this be meetings you're booking as an SDR or um, pipeline opportunities as an AE. Um, what is that? Do you have the right criteria that's actually aligned with uh, people that buy from you? So for us, yeah. um, need recognition is really important. And so we have criteria around the, the client's need recognition. Um, you, you actually don't need, I don't think, a manager to, to hand you all that information for you to start getting better at that. And, and if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, well, like, that's a lot. That's not my job or that's not, that's a lot of work. Too much work, Derek. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> can't do it all. Um, it, it can all be done um, uh, in a notebook or in a simple Google doc. It doesn't have to be fancy. Hmm. And the reason you do that is because ultimately you're in business for yourself and sales. And if you believe that, you know, investing a little bit of time every week, and, and this could be as simple as, two hours a week, right? Have you got two hours out of 40 or 50 hours every week that you can put towards this in a matter of a month or two, you'd have a lot more than you had before. Um, Absolutely. And one of the things I love about selling and I tell this to my team is that it may be one of the only careers where you can go off and learn something and apply it and get paid more within like a quarter's time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just can't do that in most careers. You said the same thing as SCR. I was like, this is the only job where you can, copy someone, take what they said and still get paid. <laughs> like, you won't go to jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I love it. And Derek, we appreciate all the advice that you've given so far on alignment on how do you get the pipeline? How do you get the forecasting done? So a question that we ask every, so every single person that comes on the show is what is your number one piece of advice that you give to SDRs or people who are coming into a new sales role um, so they can be the most effective? Yeah, I give them a lot of advice. Um, that, pro that equation I gave you on productivity times effectiveness equals a result is one that I always come back to because it just helps them structure their thinking about what they're doing. And as it relates to that, I had a, a manager in my past that, that, that gave me something that I do find myself saying frequently to everybody. And so I'll, I'll give you this one. He Absolutely. basically said to me, whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing it, just stop and ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now getting me closer to my next deal? And if you really take that to heart, you'll find that, yeah, there's a lot of things you do that's, that are not getting you closer to your next deal. Mm. Some of that we, stat, we have to do, right? Like administrative things that are part of the job. Sales forwards, right? update deals, things of that nature, yeah. But if we're being really honest with ourselves as professionals who want to improve, there's probably a good chunk of times where you would ask yourself that question and find out, no, this really isn't a big priority or this really is not moving me closer to my next win. And if you just follow that as your North Star, man, over time, there's some real benefits that come from that compounding of staying consistent with that simple question. I, I really like that question. It's something I think I'm even going to take the hardest. Like, is this moving me towards my next deal? Oh, it's not? Okay, I probably shouldn't do it. That's a really good point because we do do a lot of stuff that, oh, that, that looks cool or, you know, we want to go do that. And then we realize it has nothing to do with the end number that we're all striving for. And one of our themes this year is the teams like less is more like, we don't, there's no reason to be running around doing this stuff when it's like, is this really leading to what we talked about at the beginning of the year? So Definitely. I absolutely love that. Yep. Great. Well, Derek, thank you so much for coming on the SR Chronicles. Um, anything that you want to comment on, any shout outs you want to give, anything, last piece of advice they got? 
Um, I want to give a shout out to anybody that's mentoring anyone out there in their sales career because I know from my personal perspective, there's very little that I share of value with my team that I didn't have impressed upon me by somebody else, whether that's somebody I worked with directly or a book I read or a, a podcast I listened to. Mm. Um, I don't have very much original content. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, if, if you're out there doing that work of mentoring somebody and making your team and people a priority, you're doing the right thing and you're making maybe the most important difference you can in your team's lives long-term. And I want to commend anybody else out there doing that because the success I had is really just a function of the people who've invested in me. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm always trying to continuously, you know, get back to people. If people have SDR questions, always trying to help them because again, that you never know that one piece of advice could help someone get to that next level. So Derek, thanks again so much for coming on. Like I said, as I always say, guys, keep dialing and I'll see you guys soon. Thanks Morgan. Take care.